Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. Making complex programming simple and fast. With everything from career advice to philosophy. John Summers will show you everything you need. It's the Simple Programmer Podcast. Hey, what's up? John here. Just wanted to make sure you aren't missing out. Only about half the content I put out is on this podcast. This podcast is created mostly from the audio from the YouTube videos I put out daily. When you get a chance, head on over to youtube.com forward slash simple programmer and click the subscribe button to get access to two to three new videos every day. Even if you prefer the audio format, make sure you subscribe at youtube.com forward slash simple programmer so you can check out what you might be missing. Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast, a short mix of career advice, philosophy, and soft skills from successful author and software developer, John Sonmez. Hey, what's up? John Sonmez from simpleprogrammer.com. And today I've got another interview. I'm really excited about this one. Uh, I've got here uh, Ray Winderlich, and you've probably heard of him if you've done any kind of iOS development. If you, if you have, let me just put it this way. If you know what Google is, <laughs> and you've ever typed iOS or iPhone into Google, you've probably come across Ray's site because it, it is really a huge, huge uh, site for, for iOS and and uh, iPhone development, so uh, I'm I'm really really honored to have to have Ray here, uh, and and I figured what what we would talk about today is just you know s- some of the some of the struggles and, and and some of the the story of building a name for yourself and creating a big blog and, and doing this stuff. I know that a lot of you out there are, are trying to do that. If you've if you've taken my my course on on creating a blog to boost your career or how to market yourself, and Ray. You know, Ray and I, I think we, we spoke at a conference together and, and when I saw him speak, I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> a, a like-minded person. He kind of has a similar story, went, went a little bit of a different, different route than me, but, but the same, same similar background in, in, of, you know, working hard, getting a lot of content out, promoting yourself and, and building up that blog. So, so welcome Ray and, and thanks for joining. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I agree. We spoke at this conference and we gave two talks on different subjects, but a lot of our message overlapped. So it was exciting to see that some of the things I learned over the years, you found the, the same results. Yeah. Yeah. I was really fascinated to hear, hear your story. I thought maybe you could, you could share, share that just how you, it, it, actually maybe it might be, might be good to talk a little bit about what you do first and then, and then we can get into how you got there. So, so what, what, what do you do now? What is, what is uh, uh, Ray Winderlich? Uh, Render lick. Gosh, I knew it. I see. I asked you and I knew I was going to get it wrong. But um, what, what is your site and, and what do you do? Yeah, I run a website called RayWenderlich.com, which is my name. And it's a really popular iPhone tutorial blog. We write tutorials about iPhone development, pretty much everything about it, Swift development. And we also do some tutorials on other subjects as well, like game programming with Unity or Android development and so on. And it's not just me. We have actually, I write very little these days. It's mostly a team of a hundred developers and authors and tech editors from all around the world who we all join together and we, we work on these things together. So we release free tutorials on the site and we also make a lot of books and we make video tutorials and we even run our own conference focused on like hands-on programming. 
Wow. And that's, I mean, that's massive. Like that, how many, I was just looking at the articles you have, how many articles do you have that come out per day on average? We or, have at least two a week, but usually it's more than two a week. Some days we even have one a day. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's a lot of content and this is in-depth content. This isn't just like light, light stuff. This is how to's tutorials. Right. Yeah. We mostly focus on tutorials with the goal of being concise, but also covering, get, getting you really in depth into the subject. The motto is like making the most difficult subjects easy to learn. Okay, cool. So, so it'd be, um, so it's almost like, I guess it'd be, you could kind of say that you're, uh, well, <laughs> I guess you're not doing the blogging anymore as much, but you're sort of like a, your, your business is, is a blog, right? It's like you've right. actually turned the blog into a full business, really a publishing house is, is what I would, I would call you as a publisher. Is that, uh, is that right? Or Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. Um, we take the role of a book publisher. We work with a team of uh, authors and give them royalties and all that and publish tutorials. So yeah, that's about right. Awesome. Awesome. So how'd you get there? <laughs> how'd you get to this point where you've got this massive site, all these people writing for you, you know, taking, I think there's a lot of people in the simple programmer audience. Like I said, I've, you know, I think maybe like five or 6,000 people, probably more have gone through my blogging course and have started creating blogs. And, you know, I, I keep on telling them how, you know, you can, you can get, you can take it as far as you want. So how did you get it up to this, this massive scale? Yeah. I wish I could say that there was a grand plan and I plotted this out many years ago, but I mostly stumbled into it by accident. And then I learned how what I did worked <laughs> along the way. Um, but the, the way I started was it was way back in 2009 or so when the iPhone had just come out. And I had been working at a game company, Electronic Arts, which was an awesome job. I loved it, but I'd also just gotten married. And my thought was I'd always wanted to start my own business and it would be good to do that before kids came along because I saw a lot of other people who had kids and it's harder to take that financial risk and so on. So anyway, yeah. I quit my job and said, I'm going to become an indie iPhone developer, right? So I started making apps and releasing them on the app store and so on. And as I was doing this, I've always had an interest in writing and kind of sharing things that I learned. So I thought I'll start up a blog and I'll just share different things that I'm learning along the way. And so I'd write tutorials and they started to get pretty popular and people started to like them and so on. But I noticed that sometimes I would work really hard on a tutorial and post it and people would like it. And sometimes I'd do the same thing and they totally ignore it. And I had no idea. I was like, I couldn't right. predict which ones people would like and which ones they wouldn't. So I came up with this idea of I'll let people vote every week and they can choose what tutorial I'm going to write next. But I didn't really think it through because they would sometimes pick topics that I had never done anything with. Whereas until right. now I was just writing about whatever I happened to be using when I was working on my app. So then, and I, Oh, by the way, I had a rule of, I had to write one post a week, you know, that was nice. a rule. and so, uh, when people started voting for things I hadn't used before, it took me a lot more time because I had to go learn it and then write it. And I would be taking rather than it took me about one day a week to write a post a week. Now it would take me two days a week and I was starting to get more than I could handle while trying to do all my other stuff like writing apps and everything else. So that's when I decided I need help and I asked for people to work with me and write tutorials together. And that's how we started the tutorial team. And um, as time went on, we became friends like, we were hanging out on IRC and things like that. And we said, Hey, let's write a book together. And we did that and that did well and just kind of grew and grew until where it is today. 
Okay. Wow. Yeah. There's a few things in there that, uh, you know, again, some similar things. I, I like this idea of creating creating a rule for yourself, and and the and the way that you phrase that because I haven't heard too many other people phrase it as I created a rule for myself. You know that I had to do one post a week. So what what uh, what do you think about that? Like, give me the psychology behind creating rules for yourself. It's it's really important. I think that's like you mentioned. It's one of the major keys to success. I think you see this sometimes in other challenges that are out there, like what the, the writing challenge, I think it's NAMO, whatever the National Writers Month is, but I think right. they're a rule where you're supposed to write a certain number of chapters a day. They also have a, another thing for game programmers called one game a month. You're supposed to make one game a month, but there's something about knowing that you have a, a goal in mind and you have to consistently put in that time every week that gets you to just constantly do it. Whereas if you didn't have that rule, you would just let yourself slide and you would do it one week and then you'd forget to do it the next week and you wouldn't have the momentum. But by having it go out every week and by building a habit out of it, it becomes easier, it becomes natural. And that's where that's what leads to success actually. Because once your readers see that you're consistently delivering content, they come to you, they start looking forward to what your next post is and that's where you can grow. Yeah, I totally agree. That makes sense. What other rules do you have? For, what or what rules do you have for yourself now? That would be kind of interesting. I think. Now we have a whole like now that our blog has grown, we have a whole schedule. Like every Tuesday, a new iPhone tutorial comes out. Every the first Thursday of every month, a macOS tutorial comes out. Uh, same thing for Unity tutorials. Like the second Tuesday of every month, and in, in addition, the way we write tutorials has majorly become structured over time because at first it was just me writing whatever. And right. then authors would come on and they'd write stuff and I would make mistakes sometimes or not write tutorials a good way or um, somebody would come on and they had a good idea I didn't have. And so we developed this whole guide about how to write tutorials well that we now all follow when we write tutorials. Okay, so it sounds, sounds a lot like that some simple rules really evolved into systems that that run the, you've got processes, systems, sets of rules now that kind of define how, how things work. So you, you keep it, yeah. keep it running. And the key thing yeah. is like, if anyone's watching this and looking to do something with on their own, don't stress at the beginning, just yeah. things to do something. And then over time you'll realize how can I get better at it? And you'll develop these, these systems and rules to make your, uh, make your content better. But at first just getting something out there is the key. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, and if and if you can just have that one rule, like you said, of if even just writing one post a week or whatever it is, that's yeah. that's enough because then that'll make sure that you're you're consistent and keep keep going that persistence. And and how long did it take before you started to see traction? Like where I guess you know what at what point? How long was it before you you had any kind of idea that this would be a business that that you could actually possibly make money off of this? For me, it took about a year before I started seeing some, what I mean by some seeing some opportunities come my way, meaning that about a year in is when somebody said, hey, you want to work with me on this book? And I'd never written a book before. And I wouldn't, and he, he found me from my blog. So I wouldn't have gotten that opportunity if it hadn't been for that. And then about a year after that is when we, we had a tutorial team going and we started releasing our first book on the site. And again, we weren't thinking we were gonna make a whole lot of money on it. And then one year after that was the point where we had released several books and they were actually starting to have enough income where it was earning more than I was on my apps. And that's when I started thinking, maybe I should shift and put more focus on the blog than I have before. 
Um, so it, it was a it was a long road. You know, it took yeah. at least a year of doing it before I saw really any benefits. It was just a side hobby, and then two more years after that before it started making serious money. So, and what I said in the talk that that I gave at the conference we were at together is, if you're going to do this, you can't go into it saying I want to do this because I want money or benefits <laughs> right. and all this. I mean, you will get that if you keep at it consistently, but you almost have to go into it because you're passionate about it because yeah. you like working on it. And it, because it's such a long road. And if you have that passion to get you through that long road, then at the end, you will get those benefits, but you need that passion to get you through. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting too, that I think I had a similar experience where there, the blog itself, like there was at least for a simple programmer, there was no monetary, like it was the opportunities that came to me from having the blog. That was the value at first. Right. And then it took, you know, three years down the road, maybe four years before I was actually like, I, I might actually be able to make a little bit of money off of this. Maybe I'll have some. <laughs> yeah. So. But those, even that first year where you start getting those opportunities, that shouldn't be discounted. That's actually really cool. Like if you're a programmer and you've been blogging for a year, people will start emailing you and saying, Hey, you want this contracting job or, Hey, I have a conference. Do you want to speak at it? And that's really cool. If you're a programmer to be able to participate in those things. Oh yeah. And I think, I mean, for most, most of, of my audience here, most of the simple programmer people's they're that's probably the, the, the really the benefit that they're going to get from creating a yeah. blog is like, cause most people are not going to make a business out of their blog. I think it's, you know, some, some people kind of promote that and I'm like, well, you know, it's not really for most people, but I mean, if you're dedicated and, and you want to, yeah, you could be done. But the, those opportunities, like you said, having, you know, being, having people come to you to, to see if you want to do a contract for them, you know, having, getting job offers, getting opportunities to speak or write a book. I think that's really, that's the benefit that I, I really push towards, towards developers. Cause anyone can get that benefit. I, I, I think, would you, would you agree on that? Oh yeah, I definitely agree. There's some people who write for our, my site and sometimes they focus on a particular area. Like there's this one guy who writes a lot of tutorials on core image and he is an independent contractor and people will read his tutorials on core image and just email him for work. And now he used to have to go looking around for contracts and now he just, people email him and he just takes jobs as they come in. So it, it saves him from having to look around for uh, developers. And I've seen that happen quite a bit. You, you pick an area, you get to be known for that area and then people just start giving you work and it's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Cause that's kind of a double whammy because not only do you like a lot of freelancers, they have maybe 20% overhead, trying to find new clients so you lose you don't have any of that overhead anymore and now your bill rate goes up a lot because <laughs> when you're going in and hunting down work you can only negotiate so much but when people come to you at least that was my experience was that when I first started getting hired through my blog I was like wow like I'm able to to bill an hourly rate I never thought possible simply because I'm they're looking for me specifically not for a, a skill set but for for me and that's, yeah. that's, I think that's a huge thing that a lot of developers don't realize. Yeah, that is huge because say you're posting, say somebody posts a job on like a job site looking for a contractor. Well, you're like one of many people they have to choose from and they're like pulling you against each other, you know, comparing this and that. But when they come to you directly, they want you and they're probably going to pay a premium for that. Yeah, cool. So uh, the other thing that, that you mentioned that I think is is kind of, uh, it's controversial, I, I would say, but but it's something that I've I've said a lot. I, I got I got in a little bit. I you know, 
I've gotten in trouble in, in my career for, for this as well, but it, it's kind of cool to hear someone else saying this, which is you mentioned how sometimes someone would would uh, want you to write a tutorial on something that you didn't you didn't know, so you had to learn it quickly and then turn it around and get that out there. And, and it's funny, like you know, I did I did that a lot with Pluralsight courses when I when I was doing my plural because I did like fifty five of them in, in three years, and obviously I could know about all those topics. But sometimes people get really upset and they're like, "Oh, well, you can't teach something if you're not an expert. If you haven't been doing this for three years, uh, what what would you say to those people?" Because I feel like when when people do that I feel like they're they're really short uh, sh they're selling themselves short and, and they're kind of missing the point yeah there's a couple of things I would say to that first of all technology changes so fast that you know you're always you always have to be learning any something anyway and probably whatever it is you're teaching is probably relatively new or something about it changed recently but but also sometimes when you're a beginner you're actually better teacher than our as you get more advanced. Like actually I found as I became more advanced with my iOS development skills, it became harder for me to teach beginners because I didn't have the beginner mindset. I didn't know right. what they were struggling with, what things they found confusing, what things they wanted to really learn as much as I did is when I was first learning it. And when I was struggling, then I can put those things into the tutorial and make it easier for people to get started. And I was all, another concern I had back then when I was doing that, I was like, oh no, what if I write a tutorial on something and I make a mistake or I don't teach something quite right or something like that. And I really stressed out about this all the time. Uh, I complained to Vicki, my wife, about this when we were on walks and so on. And she told me, you know, Ray, don't worry about it because if you mess up, if you make a mistake, somebody will read that tutorial and they will point it out. And yeah. you will learn from that and you'll become better from that. So it's almost like free help in a way, if you mess up on something. And that, that happened, you know, several times where I didn't realize something, someone told me the answer and, and I learned from it. And that's great. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that's, that's the right attitude to have. And, you know, it is the internet. I mean, someone will tell you you're wrong in, uh, in, <laughs> in no uncertain terms and, in, yes. and not in the most friendly way. So you'll develop a thick skin at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, but actually, you'll find a lot of times the the programmer community is pretty friendly, and yeah, the, compared to other communities I've seen out there online. Yeah, it. it I, I will say though, having done, I do a lot of YouTube now. It it is a little bit harsher on YouTube. Yeah, But but yeah, I think that's that's. I totally agree with you about that. It, and it and it's so interesting because I, I think that so many people hold themselves back. And, and, and I think I've heard it described as the curse of knowledge is, is this idea that it's it's easier. And I, and I did find the same thing. It's like if I just learn something, I can teach it to you so much better because because I struggled through the same the same things. And I know exactly where your sticking points are going to be because and that's at least that's what 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 helped me. And, you know, it, it's funny, though, because I think a lot of developers are, are scared to, to teach something that they don't feel like they're an expert, an absolute expert in. And that's, um, you know, that, that really limits what you could possibly do. Yeah. So. And, you know, what you just said made me think there was this study that showed of all the different ways that you can learn, teaching people is the number one way to learn. And I'm sure you found that writing things. I find that all the time with writing history. Even if I feel like, oh, I really know the subject's going to be so easy to write this tutorial. When I go and write it, I always learn something new. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, one of the things that's been just this huge with with this YouTube channel that that I've been doing a lot of times, I tell people that it, I do these videos for me. <laughs> and what I mean by that is when I'm talking about a topic and I'm 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 teaching my I, I'm learning as I'm teaching because sometimes like you've got stuff that is is in your in your head or, or is kind of buried deep, and it's only when you 
like have to organize that information and give that to someone else that you're, you actually start to really learn and understand yourself. You're almost, you know, you're teaching yourself when you, when you do that. And, and that's, I mean, there, I always say that, that, that teaching takes your knowledge uh, from, from just knowledge and it, it converts it into understanding. And that's, I think that's so key because once you understand something, you, you kind of never lose it. Like it's always there. Yeah, exactly. There's something about writing an article or a tutorial to try to explain it to, or teach somebody else that makes you start writing it and start explaining it. And you're like, well, wait a minute, is that really how it works? And you end up going off and doing a little research on something and you're expanding your own knowledge by doing that. Yeah, definitely. Totally agree. So what, uh, what would be the best way for someone starting out, do you think, who, you know, a developer in this space who started up a blog, what would be sort of your... I don't know, maybe I guess your your best tips for success for them to, you know. Well, yeah, I think if it's okay with you, I'll share the, I call them the four nice and simple steps that I actually yeah. shared from the conference talk we were at. I'd say if you're looking to do this, get into blogging and go from unknown to expert is, is what I call it. Go from somebody who may, maybe you're expert, you know, in your job, but maybe nobody else knows that. Maybe they don't recognize you in the community as an expert. Well, how do you get there? Or maybe you're a beginner and you just want to, get to be an expert, I'd say there's four steps. The first step is pick a niche to focus on because you can't be an expert on everything. You know, you've, you seem to specialize in the programmer career. Is that right? Yeah. It's soft skills, like the, yeah. any, anything non-technical. So, so really personal development. I right. actually, I, I, I finally came up with my elevator pitch, which is I make, so, I help software developers to become cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, well, that's a definite great example of a niche. And mine, I would say, is high-quality tutorials. That's what I really focus on. And there are some people on my team who have sub-areas they focus on, like there's this guy, Marin, who focuses on iOS animation. Yeah. And uh, there's another guy who focuses on core data and so on. Um, but anyway, when you get a niche like that, it really helps you focus and become known for that subject. And like we were talking about earlier, you end up getting contracting work for that specific thing. And conference talks and that sort of thing and you're the expert on that thing which is great um so and i know it's hard in the beginning to choose a niche because you're interested in so many things but it really does help if you pick one to focus on um, the next is uh, inform others so teach others in some way about it and we've been talking a lot about blogging and that's definitely a great way i mean that's my favorite way but i just wanted to mention there's other ways or other things you can do too because you can do youtube videos you can do podcasting you can speak at confidence, although doing the other things helps you get to that point. Yeah. Um, the point is whatever medium you choose to get yourself out there some way online that people can easily access and learn from whatever it is that you have to share. So that's number two, informing others. And then number three is consistency. And we've talked about this today, you know, the rule of once a week in my case, or what do you recommend in your course that people do in terms of consistency? Actually, once a week, I, one, one of the homeworks from the, the courses, I say, uh, I say, send me an email that says, what day are you committing to? What time are you writing? I even na narrow it down because it's like if you commit to a time and I say, okay, you know, in what frequency? So if you say once a week, then, then send me an email that says, I'm going to write a blog post from three to five o'clock every Sunday. And that's when I'm, I'm going to work on it. And okay. uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Once a week definitely works great. And I think in practice, it doesn't take too much time, but that's insurmountable along with your other duties. So that's good. 
Uh, and then, and yeah, consistency, as we've already talked, is, is so important because that's, it takes a long time to, to start seeing the results. And so consistency is what will get you there. And then the last thing is enthusiasm, which I talked about earlier, which is um, just making sure you're passionate about it. So if you have those four things, you know, choose, choose an area to focus on, um, you know, and start consistently writing things to share other people uh, to what, you, what you know about that. And you'll start seeing some nice results as long as you stick with it. Yeah, those are great. Yeah, those are. I, I totally agree with with all of those. That it's 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 the form. Especially, it, it's interesting too. I think that so many people don't realize how much the first step is important. Like having that that niche, because if if you don't, it's so hard to like. I always talk about you want to be that big fish in the small pond. If you and and sometimes if you pick too big of a niche, you just can't make enough waves. And so like just starting at that smaller niche and possibly expanding is, is, is something that it, a lot of developers don't want to do because they don't want to be pigeonholed, but it's so, so important because this is a huge internet and there's a lot of people out there that are, are, are making noise. Yeah. And I know it's, that's hard for people to do um, picking a niche like that. So I would say two things about that. So first, if you have no idea what to choose, I would just say, start writing anything. But just keep an eye out as you're writing stuff. What do you tend to write about more? What interests you the most? And then after you write for a while, try to narrow it down after that. And the second thing is people are afraid of being pigeonholed or locked into an area, but your niche can develop over time. Like that guy I was on earlier, Marn, who focuses on iOS animations. Well, he focused on that for a year or two, and he became known as the iOS animation guy. Now when people think of animations, they think of him, but he got bored of that. And that, well, I guess he's still interested, but he expanded into another area as well which is uh, Rx Swift, which is a programming framework for Swift and reactive programming. And uh, so now that's like a second area. So you don't always have to stay with one thing. You can change over time as well. Right. And then, and then I would imagine in his case, by building up that audience and reputation in the one area, he, it was easier for him to get into the second area because a lot of people probably carried over from that audience. They already knew who he was. It's not the same thing. I think sometimes people are going and they're just going all over the place and they never build up a solid reputation in, in one particular area, which, which hurts them because they're doing a lot of work, but it's, it's not focused. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if you stay with it long enough so that you're known in one area, then you can leverage that audience into when you go to another area. But like you said, it's good to, to take, give it enough time before you start shifting around. No, the other thing that, that you mentioned, like uh, the, the fourth step, the enthusiasm, I think this is one I'd like to get your, your kind of take on this. Cause I know that, I mean, just me personally, I, I've had enthusiasm. I, well, obviously I have enthusiasm for, for what I do, but not every day. <laughs> and yeah. some days I, I, I'm, I'm wondering if you, you were ever at the point where you're like, I just don't want to do this. I, I don't feel like writing a blog post. I just don't, this, maybe I should just go out into the mountains and, 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 <laughs> and live in a cabin, you know, and not touch a computer. Have you ever had those days and like, were those, how did you push through them if you did? Yeah, I think everybody has those moments, no, no matter what you do, is, especially as you do it over a long enough time, uh, you have the down days or days you don't feel like doing anything or something's going on or whatever the excuse is. And I think that's where the rule we were talking about comes in so important because if you know you're supposed to do something every week and you know that if you've done it for half a year and even if you don't feel like doing it, you're, are you really going to want to mess up your six month streak just because right. it's a bad day? <laughs> you know, and you can make something for yourself like saying, all right, I'm feeling really bad. Um, 
I'm going to make like an easy post, like something I know really well, or I can write really quickly or whatever, just so you can continue your streak and keep going. Cause that's the important thing. Yeah. 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 That's true. I think a lot of people maybe drop out or they make it, you know, I see a lot of blogs that make it like three months or six months and I can tell that someone's lost their enthusiasm and they don't feel motivated. And you know, my, I always tell them, you know, just like push through. Cause like if you get, everyone hits that point and then it's like the successful people are the ones that can just keep on going. And then the enthusiasm eventually comes back again. It's just that, yeah. you know, I, I always call it the closet of broken dreams. I've got this closet that has like a yellow belt in there and, you know, and, and soccer cleats and the guitar and it's like all these things that I never followed through because I lost the enthusiasm. And then, yeah. you know, this was the first real thing in my life that I totally followed through and, and, and it took me, you know, so, so far, but I think so many people feel like they've got to have that enthusiasm the whole time. And it's like, it's just, I don't know anyone that does. <laughs> no, it, it won't last for sure. Like, and the weird thing about motivation is when it's gone, I found that at least I feel when my motivation has gone, I'm like, it's never going to come back. I feel like I don't care about anything. I never will again. You know, I'm going to be demotivated for the rest of my life, et cetera, et cetera. But like you said, it comes back. You know, it's yeah. just kind of, it ebbs and flows. So you can't rely on your motivation. Having a system is what really helps, I think. Yeah, yep, yep, totally. Yeah, I have to rely on my systems. Otherwise, everything falls apart. Just even even just working out, like going to the gym, I'm like, okay, I got to get, you know, I, yesterday I did not feel like lifting weights. So it's <laughs> like, <laughs> just exactly what exercise I need to do, just do it. And then, you know. Uh, so, uh, what, what is, what's your life like now? What do you do now? It's kind of, I, I think it's always kind of interesting to look at and, and, and see, cause you know, obviously you, you work for yourself, you've got this business and, and, uh, you've got these systems in place. So what, what kind of things do you work on? What, how much time do you spend now on, on the, the blog? Yeah. So our company has grown a lot since the old days where it's just me as an indie iPhone developer. Now we actually have eight full-time people and wow. 100 part-time authors and tech editors from all around the world who contribute to our site. And the full-time people at Raiseware, we're working on kind of the tools and the systems and the organization behind how we do things. So for example, we have some people who are working here on um, like our website itself, trying to add new features to the website, improve the design and so on. And we also have some custom apps, like we have a custom Mac tool that you can write books and markdown and it will generate PDFs and so forth from it in the exact format we like for our books and that kind of thing. Um, we also organize book projects or organize the marketing for when we come out with new books and um, so on. And me personally, um, I, my official job title is like a CEO. So I'm kind of like trying to just coordinate everybody and, and set everybody moving in the right direction and figure out things like budget and what are we going to be focusing on and, and look at our different systems of like, how are we making tutorials and how can we improve them? You know, what, you know, those kind of things. So I'm kind of all over the place. I'm sure as you know, when you're you know, running a small business, you, you have to do a lot of different things. Um, it's just the nature of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a whole different shift from, from coding to, you know, then teaching. And then now this, this other level of, all this, all these new skills you get to learn and, and develop. <laughs> so, cool. I got, I got to say, I like your, your wall art with the, uh, oh, 
Super Mario. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a big gamer, so my wife gave me these for my birthday this year. <laughs> nice, that's awesome. Yeah, I was a big, uh, big Nintendo way, way back my my whole childhood and stuff. But I don't play enough video games now, so <laughs> that's the thing. When once you start running a business, it becomes hard to to get time to play video games. There's always something to do, right? It's like, yep. cool. Well, um. I think it'd be, uh, uh, so, you, so iOS 10 is coming out this week. So I know you've got a lot of, a lot of stuff planned on, on your, on your site for it. So, uh, maybe you could share, share some of that. I'm sure that, uh, the simple programmer audience would, would like to hear about the new books and, and possibly get in. I heard you're giving away $30,000 worth of, of prizes. That's, that's pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty huge. So every year when the new version of iOS comes out, we always have a big celebration because it's a big deal in the iPhone community because Apple has released all these new APIs. Lately, they've been releasing a new version of their programming language, Swift and so on. And everybody in the community, they want to learn whatever it is that's come out. And we're all busy, right? We don't have a lot of time to go reading through a bunch of boring Apple documentation. So that's where our site comes in. We make books to help you get up to speed really quick on all this new stuff. So anyway, um, the iOS 10 was just released today and our celebration just started today. It's called the iOS Feast. And we basically have announced all our new book lineup for this season. We have a bunch of books on getting started with Swift or getting started with iOS development. And then we have different sub areas for the more advanced developers like you want to learn about some specific things like core data or animations and so on. And we also have some other things in there, like we have a brand new book on learning uh, Unity game development, which I'm, as a gamer, particularly excited about. Oh, cool, yeah. It shows you how to build like four games from scratch. And we went all out. We hired this really awesome artist. I'll give him a shout out, Mike Berg, who's uh, amazing, who, who uh, made all these cool 3D models for the games and even has like virtual reality support for both oh, wow. the new Oculus Rift and the new Vive from Valve, both of them, um, which look amazing. Um, so uh, yeah, and then as you mentioned, we also have uh, to go along with all the new book announcements and such, we have a gigantic giveaway. And what we do is I just tweet out to everybody, hey, you know, what are your favorite developer tools? And we take all the top selections and we go approach this kind of say, hey, will you give us you know, something for the giveaway? And uh, so all you have to do is like tweet the post and you have a chance of winning like this massive set of prizes. The grand prize winner gets everything, every single one of the tools, which is like $8,000 worth of stuff. Oh, wow. And then the, there's lots of, I think there's 150 second place winners who can get one of the tools and uh, so forth. So yeah, it's an exciting day for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. That's, yeah, that, that's pretty cool to, to celebrate the, uh, you know, now we're going to have confusion of, of OS 10 and iOS 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially now that OS X is now called Mac OS. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I always, yeah, exactly. I was I was always calling it uh, OS X, and people are always saying no, it's OS ten. But now it doesn't matter. So we I can just <laughs> we can just say Mac OS. So so um so uh, uh Ray uh dot com for those of you that want to want to check it out and they can uh, get in on the the contests there. And uh, I'll put a link, hopefully we get an annotation, get a link here and, and put the links in the description too. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I definitely recommend that, that all of you check out Ray's site. It's, it's awesome. Like, you know, especially if you want to do iOS or development and, and now the game, I, I really want to check out that game that I always say that, you know, someday when I grow up, I'm going to be a game developer. So 
Well, great. Yeah, Unity is actually a great engine uh, because it's what a lot of the professional companies use these days, like Blizzard's game Hearthstone, which is really popular. Uses it, the Long Dark, Pillars of Eternity, a bunch of other games. Oh wow! Yeah, it's actually quite simple to learn when you're started, but quite powerful. It goes really deep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to check it. Out. I've I've gone to a couple of code camps where someone presented on on Unity, and it looked pretty easy. It looked pretty pretty nice instead of. You know, I, I've taught some to some game development courses, and it was you know working with an engine like that's where where you're coding up the game loop and everything and yes. and all that stuff, and it's fun, but it's it's a lot of work. You know, this yeah, seems to make it simple. Get hairy. Back when I first started with iPhone development, there were no game frameworks at all back then, and so if you wanted to make a game, you had to go very low level with OpenGL, where you were having to write like pages of pages of code to get a, like a simple triangle shown up on the screen. It's, it's come so far since those early days with tools like Unity that make it visual. And if you want to add a model, you're literally just dragging and dropping and moving it around to scene editor. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Wow. Cool. All right. So yeah, definitely check out, you know, Ray, Ray's stuff and, and I appreciate you uh, taking the time, Ray. I know that, you know, a lot, a lot of your, your wisdom can definitely help a lot of developers that are, are trying to, trying to get their blogs together and, and to see just where, where it can go with it. I really think that, you know, like I said, um, I think we've got a similar mindset and, you know, especially in, in consistency and hard work and, and, and setting the rules for itself uh, you know, to, to get there. And so I really appreciate uh, you taking the time and, and sharing uh, some of your wisdom with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's great to talk to you. All right, take care. All right. Bye.